This is Fuse FM, Manchester's student radio. Good morning and happy Friday. You're listening to Fuse FM. I'm Karis. I'm Joe. And I'm Fergus. And this, this is, is Elementary. elementary. is elementary probably manchester's best student run science themed radio show definitely yeah 100 percent. probably because we're the only one yeah. but we'll ignore that so the idea of the show is each week we take a particular chemical element and we talk about things that are interesting to do with that element our what's first... the element this week then fergus mm. well our first song there was by catfish and the bottleman and it was oxygen so of course this week we're talking about sulfur no, obviously we're going to talk about oxygen this week. So oxygen is number eight in the periodic table. I think I should probably explain what I mean when I say that it's number eight in the periodic table. Uh, the number of a chemical element is basically how many protons it has in its nucleus. So atoms are made up of three things, protons, neutrons and electrons. And in a neutral atom, the number of protons and electrons is equal. And that tells you what the element is. So when I say oxygen is number eight, that means it's got eight protons and also eight electrons. Okay, yeah. That's very interesting on a, a Friday morning. Very, uh, no, sorry. <laughs> well, I just thought I should yeah. probably clarify. Yeah. Because every episode I'm going to be saying, oh, this is element number such thing. And I suddenly realised that maybe no one knows what that actually means. Okay. So I'm sure you all know we need oxygen to breathe and the way we do this is through respiration which is using glucose and oxygen to make water and carbon dioxide which is the reaction our bodies do every single day. And should I say a bit about photosynthesis? Go for it. So plants need food to respire, grow and reproduce. Unlike animals, plants are able to make their own food through the process of photosynthesis and it's basically the opposite of respiration. Um, Yeah, so it's just carbon dioxide plus water. And then with sunlight, uses like this energy source to make glucose and oxygen. Um, yeah, there we go. Thrilling. But <laughs> the first thing that I want to talk about um, for the main segment of this show is not actually oxygen in the form that we're used to. So when we talk about oxygen for breathing, oxygen as a, a main constituent of the air, we are talking about O2. So two oxygen atoms bounded together to make a molecule. But there's another type of oxygen, which is also quite important, which is ozone. So people have probably heard of ozone, um, but what they might not know is that ozone is also just oxygen. But instead of being two oxygen atoms joined together, ozone is three oxygen atoms joined together. So it's O3. Now, ozone is really important because it's highly oxidizing um, and this can cause damage if humans breathe it in. So it can cause damage to your lungs, um, which you might be surprised to hear that oxygen is dangerous because people, I think if they've heard of ozone, they've heard of the ozone layer and they think of that as being a good thing. Yeah, so the ozone layer is definitely a good thing. So the ozone layer is uh, part of the atmosphere where there's higher concentrations of ozone, so oxygen as it's O3. Still very small concentrations. You're looking at between two and eight parts per million. So if you scooped up a bit of the atmosphere <laughs> and you had a million molecules in there, you'd, you'd be looking at two to eight of them roughly being ozone. So still very quite small, small but quite important, actually. And it's important because the ozone absorbs UV radiation coming from the sun. 
which is important for us because it can cause things like skin cancer. It's not good for us to be exposed to UV radiation. So it's a good job that the ozone is there kind of protecting us, which is why it's, it's bad if that ozone gets depleted. Yeah, what's a radical? I just wanted to... Ah, well, I've not mentioned radicals yet, but basically, so this it all starts in the stratosphere. Um, so if you hear the, the ozone layer, the technical layer name for that is the stratosphere. It's the middle layer of the, of the atmosphere. So you've got the troposphere, which is kind of the bit closest to us, and then you've got the stratosphere, which is where the ozone layer is, and then you've got the mesosphere, which is high up. And in the stratosphere, you have this UV light coming from the sun, and that splits up oxygen as O2 into two oxygen radicals which are individual oxygen atoms which have got an unpaired electron. So in chemistry, a radical is something with an unpaired electron. So you split this oxygen up into two individual oxygen atoms, and they're not very happy. They They don't like being oxygen atoms on their own. Things don't really like having unpaired electrons. They like being paired up. So one of those oxygen radicals is going to bump into another oxygen O2 molecule, and then that forms ozone O3. Um, so that's how it gets formed. What, what caused the hole then? Right, yes, exactly. So we we heard um, a lot about this kind of hole in the ozone layer over the past, well, quite a few years now. So basically what happened was there were these things called chlorofluorocarbons or CFCs and they were produced by, uh, well, scientists and engineers, I suppose. And they were really, really useful. They had loads of uses, coolants as foaming agents. And they seemed really good because they were non-toxic. They didn't react with things. They didn't burst into flames. They didn't cause cancer. So they seemed really really useful Uh, but the problem was that we didn't know at the time is when you when these get released they go up into the atmosphere and they stay there for a very long time Um, and they they also break down in the atmosphere due to the uv light so this light is very powerful coming from the sun It, it breaks a lot of chemicals down and you can end up with a chlorine radical so a cl with an unpaired electron and amongst other things these are responsible for breaking down ozone. So there's a chain of reactions. I'm not going to go into all of them because they're quite boring. But there's a a chain of reactions which happens, which basically the end result is that the ozone gets depleted. So because these things are very long-lasting, one chlorine radical can destroy over 100,000 ozone molecules before it actually gets converted into something less harmful. So these were causing a lot of ozone to get depleted in the ozone layer, which was obviously a bad thing, as I mentioned, because we don't want all that UV light just coming straight through. And it's still sort of happening now? Or? So what happened was, uh, there was in 1989, a lot of governments passed the Montreal Protocol, which banned uh, the production of these CFCs and other ozone-depleting substances. And it's obviously taken quite a while because these things are long-lasting, but... In 2018, NASA did a study and showed that the levels of these chlorine radicals are going down and that there is less ozone depletion. So the levels of ozone kind of grows and shrinks. It's different in different areas, kind of above the poles. It's different to above the equator. It's different in winter to during the summer. But during the times when the ozone is getting depleted and it's going down, it's not going down by as much. Yeah. So the whole is still there at some times but it is recovering yeah, i remember i remember it being like a massive thing like when we were in school and it seems to have quietened down a bit now but obviously it's still a problem but it seems like it's going in the right direction will yeah. it ever fully close then 
I, I think so. I think <laughs> Some deep that's, questions that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it seems to be going in the right direction at the moment. So unless we create some other chemical that goes up and destroys things without yeah. us realising... Hopefully not. It will. Is, so it, I think is, it, is it like um, irreversible damage at all? Well, no, because you do have these ozone-producing processes okay. as well. Oh, right, so, yeah, so you can replace if you can, what? yeah, slowly the levels yeah. seem yeah. to be building up. So they're not back to where they were pre-CFCs, but they are they are building okay. up, yeah. which yeah. is good. That's good. Welcome back. This is Elementary. It's nine fifteen a.m. and now we're going to go to Joe about combustion. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about oxygen and its involvement with fire. Um, so. In the presence of oxygen, fuel can become a gas at an extremely high temperature. This is this is basically when fire appears. So, um, I mean, prob- everyone probably already knew knew that, but I'll keep talking anyway. So, the air around us contains about twenty percent oxygen, twenty one percent oxygen, um, but most fires only require about sixteen percent oxygen content to burn. Um, and when fuel burns, it, it reacts with oxygen from the surrounding air, releasing heat and generating combustion products um, such as gases, um, smoke, embers, and this process is known as oxidation. I won't probably go into, like, well, oxidation is basically the gain of oxygen. Um, I won't go into, like, the specifics, but, yeah, that's all you need to know right now. Um, so this process can also, yeah, it's also known as combustion, and basically flames are just a visual indicator that you've got a heated gas. Um, and fire can also recur from lower temperature sources. Um, for example, you have sometimes, like, um, um, smoldering embers that can reach their ignition temperature so it doesn't necessarily need a high temperature but that's usually the case um but can fire burn without oxygen or does all oxygen always need to be there well i'm glad you asked fergus <laughs> to put it simply no that's not what can happen so basically a fire cannot burn without oxygen and you can see this for, you can do this for yourself you can actually if you light a small candle put a clear glass over the top of it and you'll slowly see that the 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 um the flame will eventually go out because it's using up all the oxygen in that space so that kind of just proves the point. So, Interesting. Uh, so why do you want to talk about combustion on today's show then? Well, it's uh, it's been a, a big issue recently because, um, I mean, everyone's probably heard of the Amazon Amazon rainforest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and basically this summer it was uh, there was a lot of a lot of burning going on in the Amazon rainforest, a lot of combustion, and a lot of it was um, like uh, pre-planned or it was started by farmers um, to clear land for crops, basically. Um and this has scorched thousands of square miles of forest. It's caused blackening, blackening skies, and this has sparked many questions on how this could affect the biodiversity of our planet. Because if you guys know, the Amazon is one of the most, well, is the most biodiverse region on land, I think. So yeah, this was apparently egged on by the far right regime of Brazilian president. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it's yeah, Bolsonaro. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm Bolsonaro. I think it's Bolsonaro. Yeah. yeah. Bolsonaro. Right. I've butchered that. Um, but um. I just want to read this quote now from um, Gabriel Sars, who's a guy pursuing a PhD um, in anthropology at the National Museum of Brazil. And he said, what we're seeing with the Amazon is not so much culture versus nature, but rather a dispute between two different modes of human occupation. So one has produced over the course of thousands of years this extremely diverse biome, which has contributed immensely and in many different ways to the habitability of the planet. Um, the other, which causes the fires that you're seeing, can potentially have a gigantic negative impact on the planet as a whole. Um, so, yeah, as it's a big problem. Um, it's not as big of a problem at, at the moment. There was like 30,000 fires or something in August, but that's gone down. But if you compare it to 2018, there was only 10,000. Well, 10,000 is still a lot of fires, but there was only 10,000 in 2018, where there was 30,000 in 2019. So... So is there still fires going on at the moment? It's still uh, well, yeah, there is still fires going on. Yeah, but 
um obviously well, thankfully not as much um but um this matters to us because the rainforest can be a vital carbon store that slows global warming so if we get rid of all these trees then we're going to have more carbon released into the atmosphere which is only going to have a bad impact but um you've got um the, the problem now has seemed to move to the next region which is right next to the amazon rainforest which is called the Cerrado savannah i think i'm saying that right um so this is another biodiverse place on the planet like 40 percent of the creature uh, the animals in this place are exclusive to the this savannah so if that goes as well you're going to lose biodiversity in animals as well so it's like there's been a 60-day ban or something there was a 60-day ban on doing like uh intentional fires in the amazon rainforest but now it seems to have, the farmers have just gone right well we're gonna set fire to this place instead so it's like the problems start elsewhere um but yeah um, that's quite a sad place to end on but basically what you can do is you can donate to the amazon rainforest i think on wwf or um there is plans to just keep planting trees hopefully that reverses some of the damage but you know it's an ongoing process and yeah there needs to be more things going on and more policies etc but yeah that's me right <laughs> so, i feel yeah. like we always give you the slightly depressing yeah, yeah. i'm really <laughs> sorry about that note. no you... there is things happening it's, it's getting better you know you can donate it's it's so there's a there's a big movement behind it now it's almost sparked the conversation of climate change uh, which is always a good thing so um yeah and i think this generation's more aware and gets more about aware each day i suppose there is a danger too of oversimplification so that you know the farmers you know they're not going out of the way i think to burn whole swathes i suppose some of the problem is if the the fires kind of get out of control and then they spread or whatever um but yeah it's certainly um an an important topic and and certainly we don't particularly want to destroy uh (laughs) this area which as you say houses a lot of life and also stores up a lot of carbon in the trees yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah Yay. It's time for a game. Yay. Yay. It's time for everyone's favourite science game, science fact or science fiction. So I've got three more oxygen, maybe facts, maybe not facts, for you all now. So the first one goes back to what I was talking about earlier, which is ozone. And the fact, or possibly non-fact, is that ozone is a major component of ground-level smog. What do you reckon, science fact or science fiction? I think fiction so, i'm gonna, science fact anyone really got any know. reasonings or they're just um we're all just guessing because yeah. the ozone is meant to well actually i don't know what i'm thinking <laughs> it's like it's a blanket isn't it on on the on the earth so i don't know maybe smog is a blanket <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know this is really like loosely based go on so who's saying what I'm saying fiction. Okay. Oh, I like it when we have a disagreement. It's true. It's science fact. I knew it. Um, So this is what I was saying earlier. The ozone uh, can cause respiration um, damage. So it can cause damage to your lungs. Um, So it's formed on the ground level um, when... this uh, well it's a group of compounds called nox um which is nitrogen bonded with certain amounts of oxygen so you can have no2 or no3 um and it's formed when these react in the presence of sunlight so you've got that uv radiation from the sun yeah. again and that forms ozone which as i said is great when it's up in the atmosphere protecting us but it's not so good when it's down here because we breathe it in and it, it causes irritation uh, to the, the lungs. But can it cause, like, no, it's can't, can't, no, it doesn't matter. I thought it can cause tuberculosis, but that's like a bacteria, isn't it? Um, I'm not aware that it would cause tuberculosis. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah let's move on. Okay. Anyway, second one. 
as well as O2, which is normal oxygen, and O3, ozone, there is a third form of oxygen called tetraoxygen O4. What do you reckon? Science fact or science fiction? I feel like I've heard that before. I but... feel like I've heard it before. No, I just think I'm but making no, it up, though. I'm going to be like, I'm second guessing myself here, so I'm going to say there's science fiction here. Because, come on. I'm going to say You would have definitely talked about it as well. You would have definitely talked about it at the start. So we're, we've got one same fact and one same fiction again? I'm saying, yeah, fiction, just because you would have talked about it at the start. I'm sure of it. But go on. So hang on. So your fiction, Joe, yes. and Karis, your fact yeah. your fact okay uh that one is science fiction yes. well i'm saying it's science <laughs> fiction so it <laughs> was it was predicted it was predicted in 1924 um to explain why liquid oxygen doesn't obey a law called curie's law which is to do with magnetization and temperature um but simulations have shown that there are no stable O4 molecules. It's it's never been observed. What does happen is that if you've got liquid oxygen, so you need to, first up, it needs to be really, really cold to actually get oxygen to become a liquid. So you have to cool it down. Right. And when you do that and you manage to get liquid oxygen, the O2 molecules do kind of tend to associate in pairs. So they sort of pair off with each other. Right, so okay. you've got this metastable or transient tetraoxygen uh, but they're not transient. actually forming o4 molecules so you'll kind of have two o2 molecules will kind of pair up and then they might sort of flow like off for a like bit a very and then it'll pair time, up with so. a different one yeah exactly so yeah. i'm gonna take that as i'm kind of right <coughs> well mm, yeah. yeah okay there's, there's no tetraoxygen wishful molecule um or the, yet as far as we're aware Okay, final one then. I've done what I did last time where there's one true and one false so that you don't know what the last one's going to be. Oxygen <laughs> comes from Greek roots, meaning acid producer, and it's a constituent part of all acids. Science fact or science fiction? Can you repeat that question, please? Oxygen comes from the Greek roots. Well, it comes from Greek, meaning acid producer. So oxy, acid, or sharp producer, right, gen. I and this is because it is a constituent part of all acids. I'm fiction. I'm well. I don't really know Greek, so, but I'm gonna. <laughs> do I be interested in going for the other one again? You should go for um, whatever you think. I, it is. you know, I'm gonna say that that is fiction as well. To be honest, we're both saying see, fiction. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're both correct. Yes. So it is it is fiction. Now, the etymology is true. So oxygen does mean acid producer. And this is because when they first found it, they thought it was a part of all acids. But oh, it's okay. actually not. But by that point, everyone was using the name and it kind of stuck. Yeah. Can anyone name an acid that's not got oxygen in it? Hydrochloric. Yeah, absolutely. Hydrochloric acid. That was the main one that I could think of off the top of my head. There are others as well. I Great. can't think of off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. That was science fact or science fiction. Um, now I think we'll have a little bit of a break from science and uh, we'll do a couple of shout outs. So as we mentioned last week, today is Show Racism the Red Card Day. Uh, so the idea is that you wear red and donate a pound. So if you listen in, in your jamas, haven't got dressed yet, having your breakfast, then Put some red on. Get some red on you. Um, I was really struggling because I don't really own any red clothing. So I've got a lot of kind of pseudo red clothing. But everyone else... I'm sort of wearing red. I don't know if it's like is doing exactly red, but you know. Much better we're than We're all me. wearing red here. Uh, mm -hmm. We're all wearing red here. We'll post a photo on Facebook 
afterwards uh, to prove it. Um, <laughs> to but, prove it. <laughs> evidence. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you Google show races in the red card, uh, this is uh, part, we're part of Black History Month and the idea is that people should wear red and donate a pound and there's ways of donating if you go online. Yes. So yeah, you should do that and we'll... And I'll also say that I guess if we're moving on, I'll say that obviously if you want to get involved with our radio, if you want to come on as a as a host, a guest host, or if you've got something to talk about, then just let us know on our page, Fuse FM, Elementary Fuse FM, on Facebook. And what's the, do we know the email? It's, I believe, elementary underscore Fuse FM at Outlook.com. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great. Nice. So, yeah, if you've got any comments, queries, if you want to be on the show, if you have ideas for the show, then if Facebook. If you think we're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe keep that to yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, Facebook or email, those are the ways to do it. Uh, you're listening to F- uh, Elementary on Fuse FM. It's just coming up to quarter to ten, um, and we're going to have Karis speaking about... Oxygen bars, actually. If you don't know what an oxygen bar is, it's basically a place you go, put a little tube in your nose and breathe 90 to 95% oxygen for about 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> a lot of the times these... Sounds a bit dangerous. Have, yeah, a lot of the times these have scents added to them just to like make the experience better. And while it does sound like the most urban hipster trend ever, it actually started in the 90s, so that's quite All interesting. Right. right, wow. So I think I've seen it in like festivals and stuff like yeah, that. Festivals yeah, festivals is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, my big question is why? Why would you go to an oxygen bar? Okay, well, there are lots of claims that it's good for you. Most say like it increases your concentration, it makes you more alert. There's also a big thing that it should reduce your hangovers, which is often why it's at festivals. Um, there's Interesting also, to know. <laughs> yeah. There's also a lot of like alternative medicine stuff around it. So you also see it at health and wellness centers and it removes toxins from your bodies and strengthens your immune system, that kind of thing. Um, does it, but does it actually work? Like what's the effects of it? Okay. Well, the thing is there is basically zero scientific evidence right, okay. to back all of this up. As with um, most things like yeah. this. <laughs> Um, the thing is, you can't actually supply people with oxygen and tanks because that's technically a prescription drug. So what they do right. is they filter the air. So the oxygen you're getting is actually only going to be 40 to 50 percent. But which they, isn't they market it as 90, 90 to 95. Na- yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Even at 90 to 95, you wouldn't feel much of an effect. Yeah. Um, people do report effects from it, though. Like, what, is it basically the placebo effect then? Is that yeah, so then basically it's the placebo effect, which is a psychological effect of taking something and thinking it'll make you better, so then it does make you better. Ah, interesting. The thing that I like about the placebo effect, I can't remember where I read this, but I definitely read that even if you know it's the placebo that you're taking, there's still yeah. some yeah, positive effect, which that's just kind of, ah, <laughs> it's insane, yeah. yeah. Like, you know that this is just a sugar pill and it's not going to help your, I don't know, headache or whatever. But then it still does does. to an extent. Not as effective if you don't know it's a placebo, right? Yeah, it's not Mm, as effective, but it still has an effect. Is it like a significant effect? Um, It can be a significant effect, especially if it's like a minor thing. Okay. And this is why it's important in uh, clinical trials if they're testing new drugs. This is why it's always one of the reasons why it's always important to have kind of a control group where they simulate being yeah. given the treatment, but in a way where they're not actually given the treatment is a placebo because then you can kind of, if you didn't have that, then as well as the drug actually making people better, you'd kind of have the placebo effect on top of that or possibly just the placebo if it didn't work. And then yeah. sometimes you have like the double blind with the doctors not knowing what they're giving to the peop- the groups as well is that 
yeah, like a double blind placebo. So they don't know. What's yeah. the advantage of the doctors not knowing? Well, then be- sometimes they, can... they have like just unconscious bias or something. Or yeah, it's yeah. for bias. Normally. Yeah, yeah, just to eliminate any sort of bias. And yeah, because just everyone's naturally got some sort of predisposed choices or anything. I don't know. That's looking like into the psychology of it a bit, <laughs> very deep into yeah. it. Yeah, we've gone all over the place. We've done chemistry, we've done yeah. biology, and now I've done a bit of psychology <laughs> as well. Right, we've got another game now. Woo! Woo! This is a new game, and it's called Secret Scientist. So Ooh, the way mysterious. Mm, mysterious. <laughs> so the way Secret Scientist works is I will give you a a group of people um celebrities yeah. one of whom is a secret scientist so i'm oh. defining scientist oh. as someone who did a science degree so i'm not saying okay. that they've written articles for peer-reviewed like journals PhD, or they've yeah. got a phd necessarily or anything like that but they've done an undergraduate oh, cool. science degree yeah. okay uh so if for example mm-hmm. the three people were uh the queen donald trump or albert einstein then you would say the queen obviously <laughs> <laughs> great okay yeah. i think we understand I think we this. how yeah. this game works <laughs> so to give you an introduction to the group of people that we're going to be finding out about this week there's a little bit of a song cue So I, I recognise that. I'm not not quite sure where from. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I know it's from Friends, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, absolutely from Friends. So my question for you this week is, which of uh, the six main actors in Friends, you oh play the six main characters, which one of them did a science degree? I've I've got I've got an idea, but I would just go with I would just go with Ross or David Schwimmer. So, Simply because he but was he's a scientist on the show. <laughs> I feel um, like they might have done it as like a, a little subtle reference. But anyway, I'm gonna my... say Monica. Just Monica. have a suspicion. Have a suspicion. Okay. Mm. Okay. What is that? Is that this is going to be would, a really short game? I, I would just go with, thought about. Yeah, I would just go with him just because paleontologist. I don't know. Maybe it's okay. But we are talking about the actors. And yeah, not... yeah. But like, like maybe the writers were like having like a subtle in joke. That yeah. okay. So you're saying David Schwimmer? Yeah. I'm saying I don't know. Who it clearly name. isn't David Schwimmer then, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It could be. Could just be trying to. Yeah, uh, trying to second guess me. Yeah. What were you saying, Karis? Uh, the the person who plays Monica. I uh, don't know. Uh, uh, Courtney, Courtney Cox. Cox. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Okay. Well, you're both wrong. Oh, oh no. Who was that? Okay, what? it's actually Lisa Kudrow who played Phoebe. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, she has a biology degree. Where from? Do you know? Uh, I didn't know, but I forgot. From University to write of it Manchester. Down. No, no. Um, I I forgot to write that bit down, so uh, I can't tell you. But you, maybe you can Google it and find yeah. out. Um, so so yeah, so that's that's the first episode of our first go at Secret Scientist. I think what we've discovered there is that it's a very very quick very quick game. Yeah. So I should probably think of some ways to book it out. But anyway, there we go. Uh, all right, so now we're going to move on to our final little bit, which is yeah. in the news, which is where we chat about some science news. So, yes. Joe, you've got some science news you want to chat to well, us about. So I was just looking at this morning, and it's just basically NASA have unveiled their new spacesuit for the next moon landing, which is pretty cool. I don't know when they last updated it. I don't know if you guys know. But, um, yeah, so this is um, it's a prototype at the moment, and it's called the X-EMU. It's spelled E-M-U, X-E-M-U. Um, and it's it's a lo- lot more colourful than I don't know if than I remember the last one being. 
but um yeah there's some cool photos online as well uh, they've said it's improved it's it's, uh, it's improved comfort fit and mobility on the moon and yeah it just looks i don't know if you guys have checked it out but yeah what do you guys think pretty cool um why is this important for kind of gender equality? It's because there was a NASA spacewalk that was meant to happen with that was all female, but they didn't have enough spacesuits that were sized for oh, women. Right, okay. Oh. Uh, so now they do, which so is So now good. this new one is a better fit then, is that what they're saying? Yeah. Well, it's, it's basically a one size fits all yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so then that means that... So there is going to be an all women spacewalk soon. Friday. Friday. Wait, oh. that's today. That's today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it all ties in. Exciting. Yeah. Wow. Almost as if we'd planned it. Right. That's all we've got time for. We've been Fergus, Joe and Karis, and this has been Elementary.